Yutes Kislev, the 19th day of Kislev, is a historic date on the Hasidic calendar and should be on the calendar of every Jew. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. Yutes Kislev, the 19th day of Kislev, is a historic date on the Hasidic calendar and should be on the calendar of every Jew. Because on that day, in 1799, the Alta Rebbe, the first Lubavitcher was vindicated in a, in a trial held by uh, the Tsarist government after the Alta Rebbe had been accused of, falsely accused, of course, of uh, many aspects of disloyalty to the Tsar. The Rebbe had, uh, for years, raised great amounts of money to send to Israel, where there was a tiny settlement of Jews who desperately needed support from, uh, from other countries. Now, Israel at that time was under Turkish rule, and the Tsar was at war with Turkey. So the Rebbe's opponents, the Alta Rebbe's opponents, his enemies, uh, slandered the Alta Rebbe and accused him to the, to the Tsar's ministers of supporting Turkey against the Tsar, and more specifically, that the Alta Rebbe had designs of overthrowing the Tsar through Turkey and becoming the king of Turkey or the king of Israel. They also accused the Altarebbe of being disloyal to the Tsar because in the Altarebbe's teachings in Hasidus, uh, there are ten attributes, divine attributes, and ten faculties of the soul. And the tenth, the last attribute or the last uh, faculty, is called Malchus royalty. And one of the virtues of Malchus is its humility, which is expressed in Hasidus in the expression, Malchus has nothing of its own. It receives from the previous or higher uh, attributes, but has nothing of its own, like the moon that receives its light from the sun. Well, they made this into a whole anti-Tsarist attitude and and philosophy that royalty, uh, the royal seat or the the crown, uh, has nothing of its own and it is the last and the lowest of the attributes and so on. The Rebbe was imprisoned, was taken to prison in a black carriage, uh, an armored black carriage or wagon, which was used in arresting Uh, traitors. But other than the arrest itself, which of course couldn't have been too dignified, there was a certain dignity, there was a certain respect that uh, with which the Altarebbe was treated by all the ministers, including even some of the guards. And in fact, the uh, the Tsar himself 
after hearing so much about this unusual, brilliant, sagacious, and, and holy prisoner, disguised himself as one of the uh, one of the court officials and came to interview the Alta Rebbe. When the Tsar walked in, the Alta Rebbe stood up. And uh, the Tsar, incognito, said, Why are you treating me differently from other ministers? And the Alta Rebbe said, Royalty on, on earth is similar to royalty in heaven. Malchusa de Arak e Malchusa de Rakia. When you walked in, the Alta Rebbe said, I felt an awe that I didn't feel with any other minister. And so I realized that you must be the Tsar. At the trial itself, the Rebbe was asked 22 questions on many of the Hasidic customs, on many of the teachings of Hasidus. The Rebbe answered very carefully, very thoughtfully, and without any, without any negativity towards his opponents, towards his accusers and enemies. The Alta Rebbe then later would tell Chassidim that it was extremely painful to have to explain such subtle and sublime ideas to people who had no, uh, no sensitivity, no refinement, and took what he said and what was written in Hasidus so uh, simplistically and so literally. The Al-Tarebbe was arrested, uh, as the previous Rebbe tells us, his arrest was a voluntary one. The Al-Tarebbe had the option, he had the choice of refusing to be arrested. And had he refused, the, uh, the Tsar would not have been able to arrest him because the Tzaddik is in control of his destiny. And if the Al-Tarebbe had refused, there was no way that he could have been arrested. The Al-Tarebbe consulted once uh, he knew that he was going to be arrested, and uh, some official came to actually arrest him, the al slipped away because he wanted to do this thoughtfully and he wanted uh, to lay out a plan. And um, he consulted with one of the famous Hasidim, Reb Shmuel Munkis, as to which way he should go, refuse the czar or or work with the czar. He eventually chose to work with the czar because he, he knew that this was a challenge not to him personally, but to Hasidus, to the teachings of Hasidus, to the future of Hasidus. And so he wanted Hasidus to be taught, and he wanted Hasidus to be available to, uh, to future generations and to all people in a natural and non-miraculous fashion. In other words, that the earth, that nature itself, should work through its resistance to the godliness of Hasidus and come to accept it on, a, on its own and from within the uh, natural system. We see this also in uh, one of the uh, incidents that is related, um, well-known and um, an enlightening incident where the Al-Tarebbe once arrested in the Petra Pravolsk uh, fortress, 
the prison building was separated from the uh, headquarter building, from the office building, where the interrogations were held, it was separated by a moat, by a, by a water. And they had to be ferried across to the interrogation. One night, the Rebbe was being ferried across, and it was the time of the month, at the beginning of the month, when uh, you say Kiddush Levana, the prayers over the rebirth of the, of the full moon. So the Alter Rebbe asked the boatman to stop the boat because you're not supposed to say prayers, you're not supposed to daven uh, when, when you're in an insecure place, uh, in, in motion, where you can't concentrate properly. So halachically, you have to stop the boat in order to be able to say the prayers. At first, the boatman refused to stop the boat, but then miraculously the boat came to a stop just stood still in the water. The Rebbe again asked the boatman to, to, to agree to stop the boat, to stop rowing, and this time, of course, the boatman agreed. And then the Alter Rebbe said the Kiddush Levana. So the Fidika Rebbe explains why did the Alter Rebbe have to ask again after the boat had already stopped and was standing still in the water, why did he again ask the boatman to agree to stop the boat? And his explanation is that the Alter Rebbe wouldn't do a mitzvah under unnatural, supernatural circumstances. In other words, as long as the boat was standing still because of a miracle, then, then they were existing in a miraculous state. And that was not a, a kosher or, or preferred way of doing mitzvahs because the mitzvah is supposed to affect and uh, permeate and change nature itself. And if the, uh, if, the, if the context is not one in nature, then the mitzvah won't have the effect that it's supposed to have on nature. So the Rebbe wanted the boatman to agree to stop the boat so that the uh, context, the situation, would be a halachically correct one naturally, not through supernatural means. In fact, we're also told that uh, the Alter Rebbe asked one chassid to go ahead to Petersburg and then forbade all other chassidim from coming to Petersburg. And one of the reasons was that among the Alter Rebbe's chassidim, there were such holy men that if they had gotten together, ten of them in Petersburg, they could have changed the course of events simply through their prayer and through their uh, holiness, which would have made the whole event a supernatural one, a miraculous one, rather than uh, an event working its way, godliness working its way through nature. So we see that the al Rebbe agreed to go to prison because the alternative would have been miraculous, and the al Rebbe wanted everything to work through nature. In fact, there's a uh, great story that, that Samach Tzedek was... Uh, Samach Tzedek is quoted as saying that his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, was given a, um, a gift by one of the chassidim. He was given a gift 
of a uh, snuff box, a silver snuff box. The Alter Rebbe didn't use snuff. So what he did with the box is he, re, he, he used the lid, the cover of that, of that box, as a mirror to check his reflection in the silver uh, cover to see if his tefillin were in the right place. Because when the Alter Rebbe davened with great enthusiasm and ecstasy, the tefillin would slip to the sides or, 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 or too low on the forehead. And he was told from heaven that uh, heaven was not pleased with, uh, with the tefillin being in the wrong place. And so he became very careful to make sure that the tefillin were in the right place and he would check in the reflection of this silver snuff box. Parenthetically, the Tzemach Tzedek said, don't think that my grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, broke the lid off the box. That was not the Zayda's way. There was a pin that connected the cover to the, to the body of the, of the snuff box, and he removed the pin and separated the cover from the, from the box. It was not the Alter Rebbe's way to break the world in order to improve it. His way was to work with the world and improve it from within without destroying it, without overwhelming it with miracles.